Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after the dynamite. And welcome to Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington. I'm not alone here. I'm actually joined by a man who I'm really glad texted me today because I was prepared to do this show by myself. And then I was like, he texted me about something completely different. And I was like, hey, Cole, what are you doing today? And uh, here he is. It's this is now the second time that that's that that's kind of happened for for, for, <laughs> for the show where it's like, oh, I need a last second ditch effort from someone to show up on this show like an hour before. And here I am. I, you know, whether you're sick, whether you're just down a guest, this is just this is my forte. This is what I do. This is yeah. my lane that I fill. Yes, that is the lane that Cole fills. But Cole's always great on this show. Always great to have Cole here, and uh, I appreciate you being here. Thank you, Cole. Oh, thank you for having me, Will. I'm, uh, you know, the two Colorado boys have to unite and represent. So that's what it's all about. Although, like the the, the Nuggets stuff. Hopefully, we to... bring the Nuggets some luck today because well, they. You know, you know the Nuggets are not my basketball team, right? Oh. You know who is my basketball team, right? I'm, I'm actually. Let's see. There, there we go. There that's fine go. because they're not in the conference, so that's fine. Who knows? We might we might see you at the end. Although, if you listen to Nick's Twitter, they they think we're all frauds. So, by the way, all y'all Nick's Twitter, I'm I'm keeping receipts. I'm just saying, I'm keeping receipts. <laughs> oh, and by the way, um, in silver, check out the new dad shirt. Uh, it's not available yet, but uh, will be soon um, over on the uh, the Fightful store. But for now, um, I've got one. And yeah, it's it's great. This is a great time. This was a great uh, dynamite. Honestly, I didn't get to watch it live. This is my wife's birthday, um, and so we went out. And we're going out again tonight. We basically have plans till we got plans to like the next week and a half. Is 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 your wife like it's like birthday week, birthday month, or is this just like a this is just kind of how. Plans uh, I mean, it's just kind of how it played out because her birthday was yesterday. Um, as I mentioned last week, she shares a birthday with MJF. Uh, and so she, uh, so tonight we're, we've got tickets to the Broadway version of Fiddler on the Roof, um, which is one of her favorite movies. So we're going to go uh, see that. And we just, we got, we got plans. We're going to, 
we had a party planned on Saturday, and uh, so one of the things that she's discovered in the last what year is it? So in the last five years <laughs> is that she's uh, lactose intolerant. Oh, and so um, yeah, and so one of the things that she gets saddest about about uh, this this loss of dairy is that around this time of year. Her favorite treat, the Shamrock Shake, is Ooh. not an option to her. And so this weekend at uh, her birthday party, we're planning on making oat milk-based Shamrock Shakes. Lac- lactose-free Shamrock yes, Shakes. Exactly. <laughs> so, that, uh, hey, hey, you got to come up with something. Yeah, yeah, so we're coming up with stuff. You can't just not have it. It's like, the, you know, they have the Shamrock Shake and the McRib, and you got you to gotta get both while you can. Yes, and she hasn't been able to do that in five years, and that's it's been some sadness around. Um, speaking of her, though, there is a funny story uh, that we got really excited about. I'm just putting all my wife's business out there. Um, she's gonna be so mad at me for this episode. So the it's all my fault. It was announced yesterday. Uh, AEW put out a press release that they are going on a Canadian tour uh, as of the. Um, as it starts at the end of June and it goes through July, they're gonna do a month worth of shows. They've got a house show. They've got multiple uh, episodes of Dynamite. They've got a live rampage, and they announced the location of Forbidden Door will be at the Scotiabank Arena Center. I think it's uh, Sco- so- Scotiabank Arena. Yep, Arena. Yes. Uh, although they put Center in the uh, the press release, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hockey fans and basketball fans alike were like, "No, it's arena, not center." Yes, uh, and also, <laughs> did they? Now the question is: Is when they put center in there, did they spell it the Canadian way? Did they, they did. Entree. Okay, so yeah. at least they did that. They did that. And but so... that's Bell Center in Montreal, and you do not want to confuse Montreal and Toronto. And take it from yeah. the guy who's worked in hockey for five as an honorary Canadian uh, who's worked in <laughs> hockey for five years. You don't want to mix up any of their sports, they will get mad. Especially the Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Oh, man, I could go on a whole... Yeah. I, I could spend this whole podcast going that, on a rant about Toronto Maple Leafs fans, but I won't do it. That's all I saw in the press release was just stuff about... Uh, or in the comments of the press release about how, no, it's Scotiabank Arena, not Scotiabank Center. And I'm like, okay. That, that's whatever. Speaking I, of I, hockey I, yeah, fans, uh, by the as, way. Yes. I was about to. I was about to say, as far as uh, Forbidden Door last year, Jeremy Lambert brought up a great point because he and I both, of course, big Colorado Avalanche fans. Uh, last time Forbidden Door was on was the same night the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. So, New Washington. There he is. It's like it's like I cued him in. It's like I I, I didn't even know I was on the show a half hour ago, and like I already know the cues. I mean. <laughs> Flipping professional people. What can I say? <laughs> I saw Cola's on the show. I was like, oh, I got first. I got to put the put the abs hoodie on. Yeah, uh, ju- just for this. Uh, yes, great setup. Great setup, gentlemen. Wow. But you love to see I, you're talking about Toronto and Leafs fans. They were mad at me last night. I correctly pointed out that the abs beat the Leafs last night, and they're in my mentions, not happy with me. Like, <laughs> sorry for spitting truth. I, what do you want me to do about it? Tell Austin Matthews to score a goal. I don't know. Correct. Well. Where I was going with this story, by the way. Uh, so, Forbidden Door. It just happens to be in Toronto, Canada, which is the home 
of my wife's grandfather who uh and his birthday is i think like either a day before or a day after forbidden door uh this year and so we're basically gonna plan a trip to go see him because she hasn't seen him in i don't know it's probably been at least like 15 16 years so uh gotta go see him um obviously uh actually it's not obvious that's the point of the story where i'm going (laughs) is that uh she hasn't seen him because he got deported uh about 20 years ago oh man some really heavy drug trafficking uh so (laughs) this story has (laughs) boy that escalated quickly so escalated quickly uh so pretty much he is not allowed back in the united states so the only way we can go see him is to visit toronto i've never been in toronto my only interactions with this person have always been over facebook because she and i have only been together 14 years and so um it'll be nice we're gonna plan a trip we're gonna go see him and then uh we'll go to forbidden door so it'll be nice it actually all works out are you actually taking like a a vacation trip will and not working you you need to you know not work don't go to the press conference and all of this stuff (laughs) um i mean i'll say this i i so what we decided was uh sunday will be mostly dedicated to forbidden door stuff and obviously I, I do after the week on Sunday as well. So we'll probably spend all day Sunday doing wrestling stuff, but everything else around the trip will probably be having fun because uh, yeah, my, my best friend goes and gets her tattoos in Toronto. She won't go get tattooed anyplace else. And so she's like already written me out. Like uh, this is in the last 24 hours, like a list of things to do and things to eat and places to go. And everybody has multiple times said to me, don't, don't forget to try the poutine. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, as long as I can walk in and go, Hey, we want some poutine. Um, then, I'm, <laughs> then I'm happy, but otherwise that's what's come out of this. Really, so yeah, everyone, that's... everyone's just going like, I have to suggest something Canadian. What's the most Canadian thing I can think of? <laughs> poutine. <laughs> They they don't have original suggestions, just Putin. It's very simple. Is it is it Mrs. Will Washington's birthday? Yesterday was that correctly? Yesterday was. Okay. Happy belated birthday to Mrs. Will Washington. Yes, it it she had a great birthday. She did. Um, That was the reason I didn't watch Dynamite live was because we went out and we're going out again tonight, as I mentioned before. And wow, blowing off impact. Yes, that's why I'm and, blowing and, up. And Ring of Honor. He said he said both of those, nah. We're yeah, they put two shows on Thursday, and Will's like, nope, get, gonna get out of here on both of them. One show can easily get away with that one. I'm gonna blow up two tonight. Yeah. I actually didn't watch Dynamite till this morning and managed to avoid the majority of the spoilers. Obviously, uh, somehow... Phil and Reg missed the memo that I wasn't watching live. And in our group chat, we're just having this discussion about the opening segment. And I'm like, okay, so I know that MJF gets interrupted by the pillars, but I guess I had already uh, said last week on Grapsity, we had all kind of predicted that was going to happen. My only question at the time was how do they fit Sammy in given that he's already doing the trio stuff? And they were like, easy. We just 
ignore it. It just comes out. But, <laughs> it just comes out and doesn't acknowledge it whatsoever. <laughs> to to the defense of uh, of of Reg and Phil, I, I believe they were told that they could text Cal California. So uh, yeah. know, <laughs> So you know, I think they were they were informing Cal. You know, yes. Um, no, they they uh, were literally just having a conversation about it in our group chat and. Um, and you know, it, it's one thing like in our group chat, for the most part, things can be kind of vague. Like we'll see a segment as, that we're all watching at the same time and be like, oh, that was dope or something along those lines. But for it to be specifically like, oh, wow, the pillars, uh, did a great job with that segment. Oh, wow. Oh, Darby see, really usually, killed it there. Usually they're vague in this one. I feel like this was a setup. Well, they knew you weren't watching. And I was like, <laughs> you know, what? we're going to spoil everything now. They're like, wow, we're- Darby really laid it in there. Uh, yeah. and <laughs> And then it's like, well, I really didn't like Sammy with what he had to say, but he really had the fans behind him. Oh, what what about about Jungle Boy? I'm like, okay, clearly. Will's now giving out Grapsody spoilers here on this show. (laughs) Speaking of which, by the way, it's uh, that other Thursday. Because every other Thursday, as folks know, Ask Grapsody comes on uh, at Fightful Select. And this is that other Thursday. So right after this show... Join me, Phil and Reg, as we answer any questions you have. Anything you got, throw it at us. We'll answer, or try to answer anyway. You don't want to miss out on Paywall Phil. No one, yes. yeah. no one does it like Paywall Phil. <laughs> Phil nope. and I eventually need to need to get on just like a platform one day and just talk about LeBron James, because he and I are very aligned on on this. We're actually, we, we share a lot of basketball takes on Twitter all uh, the time, and we're very much... Cole, if you're I see awake... Very Cole, if you're awake at 8.30 in the morning on a Tuesday, 8.30 Eastern on a Tuesday, uh, I don't know if you get up that early. Yeah, 8.30 Eastern. We, we start early. Look, no. man, I got kids. I'm up at no, 6. This man, is in, this man is in California. You're talking about 5.30. I'm a degenerate, live by myself, just working. Like, come on now, you know? But, hey, you know, well, one of these times. One of these times, maybe I'll be crazy enough and just like, and just be like, all right, Jeremy, I'm up. Let's do hey, it. Come, come talk basketball with Phil. will pop in every now and again. Uh, SP3 is there. Uh, SP3, a Lakers fan, a LeBron defender. And then Phil will pop in and just bury everybody. Sounds like I, sounds like this is not a question of like, Hey, why don't you do it? Sounds like I need to be there. Uh, oh, really it's set the record straight. You know, it's the dumbest show we do here on either of these platforms because we don't talk <laughs> any wrestling. It's just strictly basketball and trashy reality television. That's all we talk you know? about. On that That's show. the dream. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. I'm going to give a shout out to Reg right fast before I head off. He and Mike, uh, Mike from Indeed, they did a new show yesterday on Fightful Overbooked. Indeed, interviewing Effie. Everyone go check out Reg and Mike's interview with Effie. Uh, Let's go, Abs. Lars Eller is finally making himself useful. Love to see that. Arturi Lekkanen, get get well soon from the the finger injury because we can how about how about everybody it. on that team get healthy you know it's it's very sad these injuries just piling up crazy this very year. very sad hopefully uh gabe is back for like one game in the regular season that would yeah. be nice to get crossing, at least one game crossing my fingers it's 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 almost celtic and abs playoff time and uh for, oh. for, for and last year uh went all the way through june because they both went to the finals so um, yeah. i was in between that and running a production studio, that I I don't recommend to anyone's mental uh, well being uh, doing those two things at the same time. So, uh, gonna try to you know learn from the lessons of last year. And sports uh, playoffs are the worst. At least we had a happy drama. ending. In, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And it came after the, like the Celtics lost first. So like I yeah. was able to like the Abs not only like winning was awesome, but like you know you get I, you get, you get over it quickly. 
I said I was going to wrap up, but now I have to tell this story. I apologize, Will Washington, for delaying your show. That's okay. You're actually giving me time to pull up the Humper Chats because I forgot about it. Okay. uh, I was like, hockey talk. This is perfect. It was was pandemic year, Cole. And this was um, bubble playoffs all around. Game seven, the... The Thunder played Game Seven. Thunder fan in basketball. They played Game Seven against the Rockets. This is the Chris Paul season. That's right. Lost that Game Seven. Two days later, Avs lost that Game Seven to Dallas. I was just walking the streets. I think yeah. I walked for about three hours, uh, just walking around my my town, just trying to get my thought. Back to back Game Seven losses. Absolutely devastating. That that Dallas Game Seven loss and the San Jose one the year before. Or definitely the Dallas like game seven most pain one, just, painful ones for for, oh. for the, years. the Vegas one was just like I was just so mad. Yeah, so was Vegas. So was barely so was McKinnon. So yeah. you know. All right, dynamite time. Hey. Let's go. Hey. Bye, everybody. Hi. Haven't lost the playoff series since uh, since go. that Vegas one though. That's Come right. On. Bye, everyone. Enjoy the dynamite talk. Pro All wrestling. right. So, pro wrestling. So, as I mentioned, uh, again, it was big news yesterday. Forbidden Door has a location. I think it's a really cool location. That was not what I was expecting. As Fightful Select talked about, there were rumors of it possibly taking place in Tokyo. Uh, those were rumors backstage. I know that um, Tony had said that's not going to happen. Tony was like, Forbidden Door is going to happen on... He was like, it's an AEW production. But it's not to say that New Japan can't put on their Forbidden Door type show. He's like, but as far as this one's concerned, this one happens on... AEW turf, but I like that they that it's not happening in the states. That it is kind of cool to, in in particular Chicago. Yeah, uh, well, so this is what I would like to see because I and look, I've made the all out trip pretty much every year. All out has taken place. I've not missed all out. That's true. I am kind of tired of now arena, and I will say that, but I'll never be tired of the United Center, and Mm -hmm. so. I would love to see if I were making this schedule, I'd move all out to the United Center, do the dynamite surrounding it at um, Now Arena, and then that's it. That's your Chicago stay is do that week in Chicago, all out, United Center, and then do everything else uh, around it. But I wouldn't. And that's how they've done Double or Nothing. So, like, you know, they've done the the dynamites and and rampages at uh, at MGM. And then they go to T-Mobile. Well, so for... they've never done Dynamite at MGM. This is now it's going to be this time. Or um, I'm sorry, Mandalay. I got them. Yeah, um, they did it. It was at the Michelob Ultra Arena last yes, year. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and then this year is going to be. This is their first time back at uh, the MGM Grand since the very first Double it's or the Nothing. Very first one they've had time. it booked a couple of times, but they got canceled due to pandemic. Uh, this is the first time that they're actually returning to the place where the first Double or Nothing is. SmackDown's going to be there, I think, next Friday. Um, and so there's, yeah, that's a week from tomorrow. Yes, uh, next Friday. And so, yeah, this is, there's some cool event stuff coming up. Uh, I, I will be there. Speaking of places, I will be. Uh, so I mentioned... And this is the first time I'm I'm talking about this, but I, I mentioned a few weeks ago that Mania was looking unlikely for me, um, and that was due to the fact that I was not going to miss my daughter's uh, Adam's Family performance. I'm actually really excited about that. This is a big production. This is a uh, so it, it's it's you know she's in middle school, but this is a high school level produ- uh, level production. Um, but she was cast in it. She auditioned. She got the role. She gets to dance. She gets to sing. I'll never miss this. No. Um, 
This is and... this is dad moment 101. Like this oh, is yeah. you gotta be sh- Yeah. I I've never missed a recital. Um there was one recital I had to miss and uh the teachers let me come to rehearsal so i actually got to see it before everybody instead of seeing it the day of so that was actually kind of cool um but other than that i try not to miss any of this stuff anyway so one of the performances got moved and that happened to kind of align with some of the mania plans i had been trying to make and so I will be in L.A. for a little bit of Mania Weekend. Uh, He's coming to Mania. You heard it here first. Take Uh it out of context. He's here the whole time, everybody. Woo! I mean, hey, if I miss – no, the worst part is if I miss my connecting flight. Like, there is a (laughs) – because then I'll be be stuck in Vegas because, yeah, I do have a connecting flight back home. um, And there's like a half-hour gap. That's it. So I would be screwed with any delays. I'm really hoping there won't be any. But other than that, and I don't know what my camera fell out of focus. There we go. Uh, so yeah, I will be there. I will be at Wally Mania. Um, I will be at For the Culture. And I'm going to try and make everything else I can throughout the weekend before uh, before the weekend's up. So or before my, my time there is up. But yes, one of the performances got moved and it was just enough to be able to make it all work. So I will be there. Um, let's read some... Oh, yeah, ahead. question for you, but before uh, before we continue, Wally Mania, have you have you attended any of the previous Wally Manias before? Yes, I have. Okay, this will be my first Wally Mania. What can I expect, Will? Uh, <laughs> I've just been asking everybody and seeing the wild different answers that I'm getting. It's great. It's okay, like so um, it's fairly surreal. Like, so I assume because of the people you know that you'll probably be VIP there. Um, and in that sense. It's it's an interesting sight because um, I'm going to steal an analysis of it from from Cam Hawkins, okay. uh, everyone's favorite Seahawk, uh, where tribalism goes out the door at Wale Mania the first time you see two of your favorites from two different locker rooms just like sitting at a table together, having drinks and not having any negativity go between them whatsoever and then it's one of those moments that makes you realize it's all bullshit it's all bullshit between fans and nobody actually cares about this stuff um now i did see two wrestlers one time uh who were actively in a feud um just like chilling at (laughs) wale mania (laughs) is dead yeah uh i have i did happen to know both of them and i just gave them shit i was like hey what the hell is this kayfabe and they like start pretending to choke each other it was great times um but (laughs) uh so but it is just it's a fun event and um i i showed denise that picture of um omas just walks in the room and it's like oh my god why is this large human just like have you ever seen somebody that large in a party setting it's bizarre but it's so great uh but yeah when you you know you look at the guest list and you see how many stars from different companies are making their way uh to it, I don't. Um, I don't know if everybody's been announced yet, but uh, just thinking about everybody who's going to be there, it's it's cool and it's a really great time. And uh, you know, you just bullshit falls aside for that little bit. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that's the case here. You know, I. It's fun. It's just a really great fun time. That's you know what that is like the most complete answer I've gotten because everyone has been so f- vague about it. They're just like. Yeah, you'll have a good time, Cole. 
It'll be great. It's going to be awesome. Just just yeah. go. Just do it. I'm this like, is... okay, what do I, but like, what do I, am I, where am I going? I don't know. And I'm just like, it's one of those, like, I just got to play, just, just play it as I go. And like, for, for someone who already just like gets anxious about like having to do that already, I'm like, okay, whatever. But no, I, all I've heard is great things. Like, all I've heard is amazing things. It's going to be an amazing yeah. time. But I'm also just like, what can I expect? And it seems like everyone's like, you don't really know what to expect. And that's no, kind of the beauty but, of it. But it's it's a good time. That's the main thing to expect. 100%. But hey, um, folks, send us your super chats. Send us your humper chats. Um, we always appreciate those. Humperchats.com is a way to support the show. And you can also send us your messages at any time when you donate a humper chat. Um, hell, you can do it like uh, Puckhead1994 did uh, eight hours ago, nine hours ago. Uh, saying for dad crazy idea but how would you feel about double j winning and i can <laughs> all right now i'm kidding uh how would you feel about double j winning the owen hart tournament my first instinct is no but jeff has such a history with owen that i think it would or it could actually be a nice moment if booked so um i mean i'll say that for the sentiment i get what you're saying there that yes i can see how um, Owen and and Jeff having their history. They were tag team partners. Ninety nine. Um, they they do have history together, and I could very much see that being a heartfelt moment as far as knowing what it means to Jeff. But you also have to recognize how much heat that would get, and how much people would absolutely hate it, and not even look at the heartfelt side of that. They would simply look at it as, "Oh my god!" And the worst part is, Jeff hasn't won any of this stuff other than like that battle royal. But people are just—they have such PTSD from Jeff Jarrett that I do uh, from all the stuff Jeff Jarrett won back in the day. That there's just this eternal worry that we're going to head back to those days and that Jeff Jarrett is going to win something major. Like at this point, we probably should give him the benefit of the doubt that like right. he had the tag title matches. He's had three of them and lost them all. He had the uh, international championship match on dynamite last night. There was all this worry that he was going to win. Even people jumping on the Jeff Jarrett train saying, no, actually I want Jarrett to win. Hashtag Brie Woo Rie Woo. Um, and... <laughs> the <laughs> uh and so like i get it i get what jeff is bringing to the table and i understand why he could probably bring something to the owen but i don't know you know Je jeff jerry i have a it's a very complicated relationship with with double j because out of context like I've, I've really been trying to and i've had conversations about about jeff jerry and his character with with other people and being like do I like this? Do I not like this? And it's like the PTSD kind of thing comes in, right? Where it's like out of context, Jeff Jarrett's and his character is hilarious. Cause like his character takes himself so seriously, but like, you can kind of tell that like, he's kind of in on the joke too. Oh, so, he like, is so in on the joke and he's, he's having fun. A hundred percent. So it's like this double meta thing. And like, I, I, I eat that shit up. I love that. Like anytime mm -hmm. you can kind of like break that fourth wall, but like, you kind of are in it to also win. It's very like, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to quantify it, but then he hits someone with a guitar and you're just like, Oh, Jeff, that uh, you got him again. Oh, you called him a slap. No, you I got mean, him honestly, again, Jeff being in crowds when Jeff, since Jeff Jarrett's been back and I've been in a few of them now, he gets so much heat. <laughs> People just hate him so much, but, and it's, but not, I'm like, it's not go home. Right. It's like, it's but, but, good heat for the most part, I, 
I mean, I don't necessarily feel like go away heat's a real thing. Most wrestlers will tell you it's not. That they'll say that, look, if you're getting heat, the, that means that the people are in the building and they're booing you. And as long as you're not trying to be a babyface, what is go away heat? Uh, so honestly, <laughs> I get it. Look, Jeff, I'm definitely fully being worked by Jeff Jarrett. I understand that when I say that I get worry when Jeff Jarrett, when it feels like he's going to win something. I think Jeff it, Jarrett's being worked by Jeff Jarrett too. <laughs> so like, honestly, like who even knows what's, what's real? What's fit? What is kayfabe's dead? Yeah. Matthew McCoffkey says, so that ending, God damn. Danielson joining four V four or four V four singles matches, tag matches, blood and guts. And then you can even bring in Ibushi and Takeshita for five versus five. Um, which are you saying that it would be Mox Danielson, Yuta, Takeshita, and Claudio versus the Elite and Coda? There's things you can do here. I, I'm excited about it. I am excited. I saw, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, I we knew this was where it was heading, or at least I hope people knew this was where it was heading. But to finally see some pieces of it come together, I think, uh, got me really excited for what's to come um, with AEW. And I'll have some some thoughts on all of that uh let's see jennifer says happy birthday to mrs washington welcome cole such a fun dynamite oh, it was you. a fun dynamite uh and it, it, i think it was the show that that winnipeg really deserved to have uh jay pollen says what are the chances you think cm punk appears at double or nothing and if he doesn't do you think he is gone from aew i mean look um one of the yeah, things well that... what do you know well, what do you know <laughs> this this on? is what okay this is what i know ready <laughs> Not much more than anybody else knows. But um, what I will say is that that man signed a three-year deal with All Elite Wrestling. And for a good chunk of it thus far, he's been out on injury. So um, it may be even longer than three years, depending on what's able to be tacked on to it uh, with time missed. I know that AEW has, you know, there was a story yesterday that came out for Fightful Select, um, and it was about the fact that there's no non-compete clauses on uh, pretty much the majority of the deals in AEW. And um, there were some questions about how can that be? Why would you do that? And uh, the answer to that ended up being that AEW is not in the business of releasing people. Um, Non-compete clauses are typically for releases. When you let people Hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, and Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply go that's when you uh stick them with a non-compete clause but otherwise um typically if you're in the business of i mean if you have full intentions of keeping people under contract the for the entirety of the the deal they signed you don't have to have a non-compete clause because that, like i said that's only that only applies to a release and the only releases AEW has had are for um, either requested releases, which usually a requested release will require um, some kind of amendment to the contract, which then you can then tack on a non-compete, such as what happened with Regal, right? Where they let Regal out early, but um, the result of that was, well, we're going to stick you with this non-compete for a year um, as far as appearing on screen was concerned. Uh, and then there's other I- issues where it's been like disciplinary, like um, uh, um, Jimmy Havoc um, is a case where he was released for disciplinary reasons. Uh, and in that case, you probably won't care um, when it comes to a non-compete clause. Right. So either way, I said all this to say that the, the, I still feel in my gut that Punk will be back mainly because he has a very large contract that they're stuck with till 2024 and uh, to continue to pay him through that, which they have to do. Uh, And I don't think if I were Tony, I'd want him sitting at home collecting all this money for Mm -hmm. not appearing on TV. Like that's, and there's too much, whatever drama has occurred and has occurred since like CM Punk is the the presses stop the second he mm. shows up. That oh, yeah. is too juicy. Like yeah, it is. If you are if you are TK, like how can you like you just go all right? Y'all got to get over it, and we figured this out one way or another. Like if right. that door if that door opens up, like all it's got to be is just a little sliver, you know. And I think any like I think all the parties get that, you know. They they've been in yes. this business. They they get the money that's that's there. And if anything, it's. I mean, real life to, to to storytelling and wrestling, this has happened too many times to not go like we right. can just we can just file this right in and we can make it work and do business. And, and I, uh, I I don't know if you got a chance to watch uh, Sword City podcast uh, that just dropped, but um, he had the interview with Ricky Starks on it. It was the one they shot on the Jericho cruise, and he did. Uh, talk about the fact that, and it was a story that we reported on Fightful mm-hmm. about. Um, Swerve and Ricky Starks having gotten into um, a fight after Double or Nothing last year, uh, that three-way tag match in which there was a miscommunication spot. If you watch the match, you could actually pinpoint when that miscommunication was. But the point about the, that they were making there was that, guys, this shit happens all the time. Like, I know there's stuff where, like, it made headlines and whatnot, but that was really just because it, like, spilled out to Twitter. But in reality, in both locker rooms, in any locker room you've ever been in, um people get into it and then for the most part they can end up being fine like with those two as they mentioned they got into it after double or nothing they had it out in the hallway um and 
then afterward, they were good. <laughs> that, People and are like, you know, it's so addictive to be like the reality television angle of everything. And the mm -hmm. second there's a little bit of drama, it's like, ooh, it's like, it's like we're in high school again. It's like, you know, oh, yeah. they're, they're going to be so mad at each other. And then they have to have this big thing and make it up. It's like not, it, in a creative field, in any creative field, film, TV, like whatever it is, like creative differences happen and fights occur. Like yeah. there's too much ego involved, you know, like for, for everybody. And, and, and at the end of the day, like most people get it. It's a business. And then they go like, all right, we, we grow from this experience and we figure it out, you know. It's it's amazing how people think like we all stand still and <laughs> it's just like there's drama forever. I w I would love for Punk though the, to answer that question. Oh. I would love for him to be back. I don't know where he fits in um cuz we're going to talk about how things are starting to shape up. Auntie mm -hmm. Collins says supporting the pod great episode. Loved it. Thank you. Thank um you. yeah, last week's episode was definitely a hit episode of Day After Dynamite. Um, although um, if you have, I, 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 I don't want to be in the line of fire of any D's nuts, <laughs> D's nuts jokes, please. Don't worry. I, you won't be this. This is a war. Although I have to tell a quick story, a, a quick Denise Salcedo story since she's not here. Um, and it's funny, but that lady is currently on guard because I can't ask her about anything at this point now without her thinking I'm setting her up for a D's nuts joke. And it was really great. Cause I asked her about something legitimate. The other day, and she's like, not falling for it, Will. And I'm like, I don't even know where you would get a D's nuts out of this. But <laughs> you got her paranoid. You no, her she's paranoid. like legit paranoid. I asked her about, um, so there was a commercial, and anybody from who's ever grew up in Southern California will remember these. But there was a commercial back in the day for Jack Steffen Plumbing. Um, and they were the stupidest commercials on earth, but they got stuck in my head because I'm a California kid. Anybody from California in the chat, tell me if you remember Jack Stefan plumbing, but they, there were these dumb commercials where they go for your plumbing needs, call Jack Stefanino. And then he turned to the camera and go, Stefan, Jack Stefan. And then they go 24 seven plumbing at your service. They call Jack Stefanovich, Stefan. Jack Stefan. And like these <laughs> went on forever, right? So um I asked her about those commercials if she remembered them because like it's really just like a Southern California. And hey, Ronan Mike Clips, the we're in the white pages. That is the commercial. Yes. Um but anyway. Uh and so yeah, I messaged her about these and she's like, not falling for it, Will. And I'm like, falling for what? There's the I don't even know where I could get a D's nuts joke in here, but I'm glad I have you on edge now. Because, uh, yeah, deserve it. Because she started this last week, but she will not end this. Look, if you uh, watched after uh, the week, as far as far as, uh, as 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 the Los Angeles representative here for Denise Salcedo, I can only plead the fifth and say, uh, who who really did start it? You know, I don't I don't know who really started it. You know, we we plead the fifth on this. So, yes, thank uh, you. I'm I'm glad people in the chat who are from California remember Jack Steffen. It's like Deal and uh, Doug in Colorado. Is Deal and Doug still a thing? Deal and Doug has had those exact same commercials yep. since like I moved here, which was twenty something years ago. He's They're exactly the same. It's that same background music. It's the same everything. And then he ends it with nobody beats it. Deal and Doug. Deal. deal nobody. Nobody. Yep. Yes. Duh. They're the exact same. He has not changed in twenty years. Them and the Shane <laughs> so, Company. No, I, man. I, I think I look. I think I looked those up. I'm pretty sure he's been doing those since the '80s. It was the exact same background music, exact same everything. Well, Deal hey, and Doug. If it ain't broke. I know, right? 
Uh, and then you also have Jake Jabs, who's still doing commercials mm-hmm. for American Furniture Warehouse. Yes. So uh, that's that's Colorado living, baby. Shane, uh, Shane Company as well, I think. Shane, Shane Company. Company, Tom Shane. That's Tom actually Shane. where off a uh, my rank. and you know I twenty five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, we in Colorado have the stupidest commercials. We Are you get kidding it. me? We yeah, get we it. get it. The, about the tree farm. Yeah. You know, yes. You take I 25, the <laughs> exit to 35, <laughs> oh then five God. miles west to the tree farm. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be like, after this podcast, I'm going to be like, oh God, I remember. <laughs> yes. I remember. The, the, Childhood the, memories. The, oh God. The stuff we Coloradans know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so thank you for the super chats. I got one more Humper chat here uh, before we dive into the results of the show. But this one here is from Tony P. It says, So do you see the last two people to join the Outcast from within AEW already? I think it is Rosa or outside the company. Um, I also thought Forbidden Door 2 was going to be in London for real, for real, since, uh, uh, sorry, trying to finish this one, since they said they're doing that UK summer tour, think Tokyo hosts it next year. Um, again, I think Tony is pretty set on kind of having Forbidden Door itself in AEW's control, but then like, um, but he said that New Japan's welcome to do, you know, their own kind of partner show. So, um, no, I don't think so. Uh, just because I think, like I said, it's going to remain under AEW's production. So we'll see. We'll see. Though, the, like I said, all that Canada stuff does seem really exciting. So, folks, let's talk about the opening segment, AEW Dynamite. It was the re-bar mitzvah of one Maxwell Jacob Friedman MJF. Those those promo pictures going into it of him as a kid too good too good. Honestly, I I am. It is cool to see stuff like that because like especially when being a wrestling fan really worked out for somebody, and like to think that that was only thirteen years ago, and <laughs> and like well, I was that way. and I've been podcasting for eighteen years, right? <laughs> oh god, so. <laughs> So, I'm just thinking about how, like, 2000 and, uh, I guess, 2010 in that case. 2010 and 2009, all of that, that feels like yesterday to me. Those, all that stuff he was posting about, like, I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, that's only, like, Nexus era. And here he is, uh, a child, having his bar mitzvah. But anyway, uh, he makes his way to the ring for his big re-bar mitzvah celebration. Uh, and MJF was great here. I will say that it toes a little bit of a dangerous line when you, and and I hate when, um, when anybody does it, uh, when it comes to anything cultural, but I feel like it toes a bit of a dangerous line to position really any religion, um, but in this case, Judaism, heelishly, because you're kind of setting the fans up to uh, possibly... A a good example, right? I had a big issue with... um, Do you remember when I... I I used to really rail a couple years ago. There was... uh, WWE ran a new character for Apollo Crews, and he was... Yes. Yes. 
they ran the Nigerian character for him. Um, but they had him put on the fake accent. They had him carry on the spear. And I had my biggest issue with it was really just around the fact that I was like, uh, you're positioning the fans to view not just Apollo Crews as somebody to hate, but you're positioning him to hate the you're positioning the fans to hate the culture. Right. And that's always a dangerous line to toe. And I I very weary of that every time it happens. Um but I think you can very much tell Max is in control here, that Max is creatively in control here. And you can tell how much of this comes from him and comes from his brain. And, uh, you know, him talking about with chosen people, all of that stuff. This was all great stuff. And I thought that, um, you know, the, the first thing, of course, I noticed, hopefully everybody else noticed, was... Uh, I think everybody noticed the yarmulke you had on. But then the second thing you should have noticed was his sunglasses, uh, which came into play later on because at the moment you just thought MJF was just being his cool self. But it was like, no, I saw that eye. I know how it looks uh, right now. And so (laughs) MJF, uh, he he gets the, the celebration on, right? And uh, they do a horror dance, and uh, it's all great stuff until Jungle Boy Jack Perry's music hits. Jungle Man! And Jack Perry, of course, said on Rampage this week, and he's been saying for weeks, really, until Christian returned, but Jack Perry's been saying he's coming for someone with a championship. Was he going for the TNT championship? Maybe. Could he have been going for the All-Atlantic? Maybe. But he has his bone to pick at the top. And he is going straight for Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And before he could say a word, Sammy Gabora hits. Sammy makes his way out. And before he can say a word, we get the returning Darby Allen, a man we haven't seen since he lost the TNT Championship to Samoa Joe. And MJF asks, what do you all want? And they all say at the same time that they want a title match. Here we go. So, uh, what's going on here? Everybody makes their case. And they start with one jungle man, Jack mm-hmm. Perry. Jack Perry mentions how the last time he and MJF shared a ring was three years ago. It was Double or Nothing 2020. Um, that was their second match together. And they tore the house down. They had one of the best matches really to kick off the pandemic. It was one of those things where um, that was the first time that I watched something and came away from it going, you know what? Pandemic wrestling might be okay because that match was pretty good. Actually, the match that told me things were going to be at least okay was uh, Jericho and Sammy versus Kenny and Matt Hardy. Yeah. Um, that match, uh, the Falls Count Anywhere, that told me, okay, they might be able to do something here. And they had the, they had the right guy in there to do like matches with no crowds. Matt Hardy's like, I've been doing this for, for like ages at this point with the whole, yes. with everything broken. So, you know, it was the perfect person to, to have that. And then obviously they did the, the stadium stampede, which yes. is, the memes still are just, hmm, just gold. Gold. But yeah, as far as just a straight up wrestling match was concerned, really it was, uh, uh, 
And uh, Shy Town Spurs, by the way, here says, as a Jew, I was really happy with how the bar mitzvah segment went. It was also cool seeing AEW Twitter post about MJF uh, getting. Help me pronounce that. Te- so, Teflon? Teflon, is it? Um, I'm sure my wife can answer that because most people know I'm married to a Jewish woman. Um, by the way, the show on Long Island just happens, or just so happens to fall on the first night of Passover. All right. Uh, and, and that's the thing was my wife really liked the segment as well. She watched yeah. the whole thing and, uh, she was actually over the moon about, um, how authentic it was. And she came away from it. The thing she said about it was like, she was like, I know MJF's fingerprints were on this because this didn't feel like it was put together by somebody not Jewish. And, uh, I was like, okay. That's that's Se- good perspective. Seems like for, for better or for worse, whatever was is going on with, with MJF and how he's portraying his character, he is always like been very much in control where it's it yeah. it is like you know this is coming from MJF. Now whether this comes at the expense of what happened at the pay per view or if it's something like this, yes. You ha- you take the MJF, there is the there is the good and the bad, and I can't even imagine being like his boss and dealing with that but yes you know, that's also that's also his character that's all it works you know works. like um and so the uh so either way continuing with the the show yes the so purse. yeah so jack perry mentions how last time he was in the ring with mjf uh they tore the house down but mjf cheated beat him and then i know people had a problem with what was said here and I don't necessarily disagree with some of the problems that they had, where Jack Perry talked about how after this, he went on to wrestle on Dark and Elevation, and where whereas MJF has never wrestled on Dark. Hell, MJF has never even wrestled on Rampage. And some people felt that that statement was a bit of a burial of those shows. Um, I think you could probably take what he said about Dark that way. I think it is just a factual statement, because I actually... 100%. I said that out loud before Jack Perry said it. That I was like, dark and elevation. Hell, MJF's never worked Rampage. And then Jack Perry says, have you ever even worked Rampage? And I was like, damn, there it was, right there. Uh, and it's funny because MJF's in the Rampage intro. And I think about that all the time, how he's... That is, n- wow. I, haven't, I didn't even put two and two together, but you're right. <laughs> he's never been on that show ever. The entire time Rampage has been airing, we're nearly two years in. He has not been on Rampage. Um, and so, but, and you know, and it's funny, um, thinking, uh, going back on the statement that, um, like my wife said, you could tell that somebody Jewish in the room was putting that segment together and it was likely coming from the brain of MJF. Um, you know, and that was funny because going back to, what was that? That was Fighter Fest last year, uh, the Kevin Gates segment. And yes. that uh, that segment was very much put together by the black people in the room. Um, and I had reported that last year. We talked about how Sean Dean had input on that, that um, sort of Keith Lee, like everybody had their input on putting that segment together. And you could just feel it in that segment who it was put together by. Um, and that's cool. That helps with some of the um, the, the authenticity of it. Uh, but so... Again, like I said, some people had a problem with those statements because they're like, how are you supposed to make Dark and Elevation look good if you have people on TV burying those shows? But it's also like Dynamite is the flagship show, and we all know Mm -hmm. this. So 
if, so yeah, if we're going like... to pretend then, then it you talk about that authentic authenticity. Like if they're trying to pretend that it's like, it's a raw SmackDown situation kind of thing. And even there's like a flagship, you know, thing that they kind of view there. Like, and they, they did that for a long time, right? Like there was 100%. a time period where, um, like now I think raw and SmackDown are very much on equal footing, but there was very much a time period where they were not. And I mean, you literally had Booker T angry about getting drafted to SmackDown and yes. saying, uh, well, what are you so mad about? And he goes, cause SmackDown is the minor leagues, right? And like, that was a problem that that was a part of Booker's character was that he hated being on SmackDown because SmackDown's the minor league to him. Um, so like, I, I, I don't know that it's entirely productive, uh, and it seems like they punted on Rampage this week because it's airing super late because of the NCAA tournament. Yep. Uh, so, and I see people bringing up the because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays um, remark and and things along those lines. But anyway, so then we get to Sammy Guevara, who surprisingly got more cheers than I thought he was going to get. And mm. there were Sammy chants. There were people who were kind of, like, it was mixed, but I thought that... Uh, I thought Sammy here, some of his stuff was a little too inside for me. I wasn't sure how I liked the idea of him mentioning being Jericho's bump guy. What does that exactly mean in the context of pro wrestling? Right. And um, also, and I guess like, you can... that's the hand that's been feeding you too. Like, yeah. that's it's a little tricky. Like, I, I, I guess you can kind of take it to mean that, like, you are going to be... Like, you're going to take the bullets for Chris Jericho. I guess in the kayfabe context, sure. you could say that that's what he could mean he it was supposed to be. But um, I I don't like... Because he also said job guy, like things along those lines. I don't really like that wording in this case. Um, but Sammy, of course, made a case for himself saying that um, regardless of all that, I... Uh, oh, and Auntie Collins says, I took it as he only appears on one show and not all four. It's a good way to take that. Uh, I like that. That's a good way to put that. Um, and, but Sammy, Sammy made a case for himself. He said that he became TNT champion three times. He did. And he's overcome all of that to become one of the stars in the company. And now he's after the AEW championship. The true winner to me, though, Mm -hmm. was Darby. Mm -hmm. I thought Darby killed this shit. Darby Allen, uh, he asked the crowd, hold their applause, and he tells the fans that, uh, you know, he wanted to be in film school originally, and he turned to film in, and they told him that he was going to have to change, and that was the day he dropped out of school and decided to become a pro wrestler. But the one promise he made himself was that he was always going to be 100% Darby Allen and nobody else. And he even said that maybe he's the worst businessman on earth because he, um, because it's probably never going to be a bidding war for Darby Allen. But that's the thing he loves about AEW is that it gives him the opportunity to be himself. And he was really putting over the company. And then he buried a little bit of the locker room. Um, but I think... This I didn't find as counterproductive as I, I think some people put it. Because I think here he was actually putting over the company in a way where he was trying to say that um, he's like, you'll never see me turning to Twitter and whining about it. No, I'm going to go after what I want. And uh, and then he 
talked about MJF. And he's like, you talking about bidding war of 2024. That's not Darby Allen. Darby Allen's here to fight. And Darby Allen's here to become the AEW world champion. Um, and if you don't give me a shot, then uh, I'm going to cry about it on Twitter. No, just kidding. Um, and and I liked all that. I liked Darby here. I think he came off the strongest. I think he came off like uh, he came off like the most determined to get what he's after here. And by the end of it, I was sold on this four way. I looked at this hundred percent, hundred percent. I I talked about how Rampage last week felt a little bit nostalgic. I mentioned this on after the week, where I said that the show felt a little nostalgic last week, and that the main event was Riho versus uh, versus Nyla Rose. And how the they had the promos for Darby Allen and Jungle Boy, and it really felt like it was focusing on a lot of those guys who were um, some of the focus of AEW when Dynamite first launched. Uh, Tim Gordon says Darby had a bit of a sting cadence in his promo. I loved it. Speaking of which, MJF mentioned uh, that you know he had a little bit of a comeback, saying all of you guys had somebody. Jericho, he was like Sammy, you've had Jericho. Darby, you've had Sting. And uh, and Jungle Boy, you had Christian. Um, I had nobody. And then the crowd started to chant Wardlow. And I'm like, yeah, guys, you're kind of missing his point. But uh, I... also kind of had Jericho do for a little bit. but Yeah, I thought point. that too. I was like, he's also <laughs> in the inner circle. He was in the pinnacle. You guys did Tull- musical, you know? Yeah, you yeah. He was in the pinnacle, Tully Blanchard. Like these... Uh, but Tim JF, he has to be able to... Uh, to, to make those points. And then by the end of this, uh, I noticed one little deliberate attack. And for people who watched Grap City this week, I brought up the fact that all of the pillar matches have taken place. MJF brought up the fact that, hey guys, I beat every single one of you. Uh, and I, oh yeah, and that's the other thing. Yeah, Cody is is the big say, one to bring he, up. He who shall not be named. He definitely had Cody, but it was Whoa. like, <laughs> uh, but he's like, I beat every single one of you. And I thought, yeah, yes, every single one of these matches actually did take place. Uh, and the, and so what was interesting to me was how well, they've all taken place except for one, for one match short. The only one that's never happened is Jungle Boy versus Sammy Guevara. Never seen that match. It's the only one that hasn't taken place. I I'd noticed, love to see it. Well, I noticed when all the brawling was taking place, Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara started kind of squaring off, and I'm like, I know how this works. Uh, if this match doesn't get booked for next week, it's happening probably the week after, but they'll do it very soon. And it feels like, at least for, for AEW, a lot of the focus for the main events for these pay-per-views has has been singles matches, you know, they've been one-on-one at least, you know, at least as of recent. And I feel like if you're not going to make the pillars a thing, like how long are you going to have to wait? Cause that's always been hanging out in the background and, and Tony's like, he's always been vocal about the pillars, you know, like yes. at, at some point this does all have to come to fruition. And there's so many stories that you can tell. And I think it'll ha- help AEW's TV you know, in, in the meantime, because when you focus on a one-on-one feud, they have to stay away from each other, you know, and then it's like the promo segments, but now you can build this thing with some matches as well. You can have one-on-ones with all four of those people. So 
I think it gives them a flexibility that I don't think we've really gotten to see them stretch that muscle um, in, in recent. And I think that was kind of a, a good critique of kind of what was happening with the buildup to Revolution. I think Revolution ended up being unbelievable and they have a track record of bell to bell. As soon as that pay-per-view starts, you know you're in it and you're in it to win it. But that buildup piece, like they're really good at getting that main event right. And then some of the other things kind of like fall into place like in a couple of weeks time. So this one, they've got, they've got a lot of ways that they can really build up this main event, which I'm very excited about. So you also told me to remind you at uh, 105 when it was 105. It's now 111. I just want to oh, make sure you crap. got through that, but yeah, so no, you're I, good. I, I just want to make sure you have something in case you have something planned. I, I don't, I mean, it's just the thing I have to do. Uh, my, daughter's phone uh i keep locked all day but i know she needed it locked unlocked for something specific in class today there you go and that class started five minutes ago oh shoot. so now her phone is unlocked so okay. she's good she just can like use okay. her phone but for the most part she's not supposed to have her phone unlocked i can unlock it from from here um, dad moments you're on dad Highly recommend, by the way, for those of you with kids, the Family Link app. Um, if you have an Android device um, and you're trying to manage other Android devices, it's really cool to basically just use Google Family Link. I can literally lock and unlock every single message or message, uh, every single thing. Sorry, I got a message at the same time, so my word, my brain went to message. But um, I can literally lock and unlock her phone at any point, and uh, I can also lock and unlock her Chromebook. Um, all of her devices, I have access to and i can literally do it from here so it's cool as long as she has a data connection the worst thing that can happen and it's happened before is where i lock her phone then she has no signal and uh so it cannot be unlocked but just have uh, signal yeah have signal to do anything anyway so you know can't be doing right. everything on airplane mode so yes so uh, this was a good segment, and this, I yeah. think, got people excited for things. I see in the chat, um, I see the question being asked, when did Darby face Jungle Boy? That was for the TNT Championship back in 2021. Hmm. Um, Darby did defend the title against Jungle Boy. Uh, so show continued. We saw the Blackpool Combat Club take on the Dark Order. Uh, it was the return of Stu Grayson. The original Dark Order members here, uh, Stu Grayson and uh, Evil Uno. This match served as a bit of a reminder that these guys were pretty freaking good as a uh, as a team here. And hey, Cole, trivia question I have Uh-oh. for you. Oh God. Uh, Hangman Adam Page. Okay has had multiple matches teaming up with members of the elite. When was the last time, or better yet, who was the last opponent that Hangman teamed up with the elite in a multi-person tag match with against? Would it have been the Dark Order? It was the Dark Order led by Brody Lee. It was the elite, the elite versus the Dark Order. Um, professional wrestling expert Cole Anderson here. <laughs> yes, it had a real that really cool finish where because um, it would have been probably right off of like the heels of Hangman and Omega being together before. Yeah, they were still tag team champions at the time, so it was uh, the Dark Order versus. Uh, so it's just funny how we're bringing it back full circle. How um, you know th- that led to the Dark Order attempting to recruit Hangman at, from the Elite, and then he become friends, all of that, mm-hmm. and. We're all coming full circle. Anyway, Blackpool Combat Club um, bid their job in making 
the Dark Order look really good. But also, they got to look like scumbags here. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. Evil uh, Combat Club. Yuda was uh, excellent here. Yuda basically taken down. Um, he used the ring bell to take down Hangman. And then uh, they kind of played the numbers game. The Dark Order almost had it. They hit the fatality on John Moxley. Never thought I'd see that happen. Um, but Stu is just so great. And I was really happy to see him back in a ring um, in AEW and back with his partner. Yeah, we shall uh, we shall see how this continues to shake out. Uh, actually, cool, we... a lot of cool stories to tell out of like a, an evil Blackpool Combat Club. I think. Oh yeah. There I... is there is a total pathway for for you to come out of this as like a, a total star. I think because yes. I feel like a lot of what the story has been is like Moxley clearly has no problem being crazy and evil. Claudio has been showing the edge and we know he can, he can bring out that edge anytime, but they're doing that thing to Wheeler where like Wheeler has those moments of weakness and Claudio has to smack him around a little bit. When is that moment that Yuta goes, mm, I've had enough of this. And they, they can honestly do that a year from now and be they fine. Can do that a year from now. And, and brought and you know, it depending on Danielson's situation, as far as, you know, what, what injuries he's, he's come out with and the storyline and the MJF feud. Like, I feel like a lot of people are just assuming Brian just slots back in. I don't think so. There's still the regal stuff that I mean, and, comes and in that, between. I mean, honestly, when they eventually do book the Dark Order versus, uh, not Dark Order, the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite, I mean, you have a couple of reluctant members because oh. on one side, on the Elite, Kenny and Hangman, um, we saw that they don't still seem to, or Kenny especially doesn't seem to want to have anything to do with Hangman still. Um, the Bucks have obviously made their piece that happened a year ago but and then on the other side of that is brian would he want to go along with what the blackpool combat club is doing now would he be reluctant there there's stuff they can do here and i'm actually really excited there's layers there are layers to this there's a lot of meat on this bone Mm -hmm. um we had the tbs open challenge uh and that saw jade cargill take on nicole matthews this was a quick 42 second squizosh and Jade talking all kinds of junk on Canada. Come on, Jade. Come on. <laughs> and, and then she starts trashing Canada. Um, she after Renee. How could he do that? She goes after Renee. Talks about she's Canadian. Um, and then Taya Valkyrie's music hits. What do you know? She wasn't lying about being the opponent because she wasn't the opponent, but she was there and she has signed with AEW. She got her all elite graphic later on. Um, now, the funny thing was, I saw this graphic before I saw Dynamite. So I was like, uh, did she wrestle? And if she got the All Elite graphic, did she win the title? So right. I didn't know what I was going in for. I like knew she was coming, but I wasn't sure what to expect here. Um, she then hit, uh, well, as she calls it, the Road to Valhalla, but jaded on Layla Gray. And all of a sudden, Jade is now set up with a bit of a credible challenger. Indeed. Not that she hasn't had it. I mean, literally, Red Velvet almost had her beat. But this was interesting. This seems more like the case, though. Like, the the the, the Red Velvet angle, it seemed like they were... Uh, be- and, and this is, again, just kind of due to the fact that she was out with injury. It was almost like they were kind of, you know, going back to something to go like, okay, let's get this story and, and let's 
and let's play it through where Taya comes in with this cachet of just like of I don't feel like really Jade has, has had this kind of competition like yeah. at least at least in the recent you know in the recent months in the last two or three months you know um, where it's just been I, I was saying it from the get go like revolution where the heck is Jade like yes. what are we doing and at some point like these wheels got to come off and it's just got like, let Jade go. Like you, you, we know how much the company values her. She's on all the promotional material. Let's put, let's start putting the money where, where the mouth is and let's, let's go. Like, let's get Jade in these spots. And you know, if they're afraid of a, of a sink or swim situation, I think we're past that. And I think Jade can handle it. So, you know, I think Ty, Ty is going to be a great step and hopefully they give this a little bit of build. And I think what also needs to happen for Jade is her opponent needs to not be injured mid feud. It's happened too many times to her red velvet, a Statlander. you know, it's just been some bad luck with the injuries for, for Jade's opponents. Yes. Agreed. Um, we then had the, uh, the QTV segment. Oh God. Your mileage may vary with QTV, but <laughs> it is a TMZ style segment. I like this actually. Great. It's awesome. I, I saw They don't have this at all. I saw that people almost made their mind up about it like the second they saw that oh it's a TMZ parody. Well this sucks. Um <laughs> I thought this was actually funny. And uh the so of course they revealed the footage that they had of um of it turned out Aaron Solo performing the bip on uh one Wardlow's car and so like we're just we're taking a real life event here or are we not I don't think it was a real life event honestly Wow, we've been worked. I think it was all along. He's been working uh, the dirt sheets, man. He's been working them. Take that, Sean. Get him. Sorry, Sean. Love you, Sean. Uh, and so, yeah, the, this the, they revealed how they stole the championship and all of Wardlow's gear, and uh, they took some shots at dirt sheets, things along those lines, and then it ended with uh <laughs> with powerhouse hobbs getting in the uh camera and saying this is will's world bitch and I, and i i kept getting tagged in that and of course i'm not at home so my phone is just going off saying it's will's world bitch and wee i'm like woo, wee woo, it's will's world <laughs> i saw that i saw uh, people were making bobby's world wayne's world whatever they wanted to relate it to i kept seeing that and uh I had no idea what this was in reference to. So that's that's the beauty of not being home on a Wednesday night. I did also love that RJ was just hanging out yes, in the back. That this, was this, great. this makes me excited. Maybe maybe RJ gets to play some more. They need to feature RJ in more of these things. He's too funny. He's too yeah. good. Uh, ShotKid29 says, people got to take that bass out their voice talk about QT Marshall. Man is the unhung zero, or unsung hero unhung. Um, the unsung hero of AEW. I did not call him an unhung zero, by the way. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> all right, Twitter. Okay, so we'll just call. Let's start another Twitter feud. Uh, we'll just no. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then we had the international championship on the line, 
there were a lot of people really scared about this. Will Twitter was freaking <laughs> out. Look, people I posted, were really frightened about I what could happen the, here. I posted Drake from headlines that no, don't do it. Please don't do it. Because honestly, ugh, I was uh-huh. like, I'm like, I don't know what Jeff is going to convince anybody of. I don't. He's one okay. guitar shot away from hearing "Wee Woo" with the belt. I know, <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it was a good match too. I actually had a lot of fun with this match. Uh, it was you know kind of over the top zaniness that we get out of Jeff Jarrett matches and Orange Cassidy matches. Um, but honestly, you know they did the the ejections things along those lines. But I enjoyed this. This was fun. This was scary. I didn't know whether or not Jeff Jarrett or Orange Cassidy won. I was leaning towards Orange Cassidy just because I'm like, okay, my phone didn't go off a bunch. So I know I wasn't being troll tagged in anything. That's how I so, felt about it too. It was just like, is, if social media, because I also watched it a little bit after the fact, it was like, if social media is not going off about it, like we would have seen a picture of Jeff Jarrett with the belt like everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they are making a really strong case right now with Orange Cassidy as a top guy for eventually doing Orange Cassidy versus MJF. Um, and so there was a piece of me convinced that, like, you know, if he loses the title now, he kind of, you know, obviously the whole point of the pillars was that it was all guys under 30. But I thought, you know what? I know Orange Cassidy's well over 30, but uh, he does slot into that conversation pretty decently. So I still think that's one they can also do. But this was a good match. This was fun. I bit on the near falls. Orange Cassidy, though, wins with the orange pu- orange punch. He puts down Jeff Jarrett. Hopefully we move on from this feud. And just, keep, just keep buying into the bit, Jeff. Just keep buying into the bit. Just as, uh, Don't take just, yourself too seriously. <laughs> this, wait, how old is Orange? I'm pretty sure Orange turns 40 this year. Uh, wow. So... I know that people discovered Orange Cassidy late, unless you were like watching Chikara and were like, "Hey, it's Fire Ant." But other than that, uh, <laughs> the uh, let me see if I am correct there. He really, I really do feel like this. 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 Sorry, run, he turns. This, he turns thirty nine this year. He was born in eighty four. So this um, title run has really given him that legitimacy that I think people have been. I think people have been very hesitant about an idea of like, is Orange Cassidy like a serious? like uh, like title contender because at the end of the day like his character makes it like a difficult conversation because like it is very much like you, you know can, can he do a title run and carry like a company brand with the character and with this run it's kind of like showing like it's proof of concept like well he can do it with this belt he's carrying this belt and like every time he's in a match you need to watch it everybody he's been in the ring with and it's been all different types of people uh, especially uh, during this run with everything from, from pack to double J, like you couldn't get two more different styles of wrestling and he's able to work with everything. So, you know, and, and even going back to last year, like him and Osprey are in a match and you're like, this is how we're going to use Will Ospreay. And it's like, yes, this is how you're going to use Will Ospreay. Cause this match is going to absolutely rock. If yeah. you, if you, if you know what you're getting into with orange Cassidy and you know, on television, it's it's always different when they're like, you know, from an indie scene to a television scene, like there has to be some translation process that happens and people have to kind of get comfortable with seeing this character. And I think we're getting to that point now where, you know, it's just that that that's orange. And now we can do all these different things with them. We saw the I do outcasts. miss the OJ though. <laughs> we saw the outcasts. 
uh, with new music. This is good. Um, and I say that because you can keep Ruby's solo theme on standby for when you return her face. But I think for now, keeping her as a member of the Outcast, you can keep, you can have her use this theme and you're not necessarily turning away from a song that's uh, putting her on the map, but at the same time, yeah. you don't want the crowd singing along with. Uh, and they cut a promo here about the uh, basically that there would be a women's division without them. Tony Storm really gets to voice her anger about being interim champion. And uh, this then leads to a run-in from Willow Nightingale, Sky Blue, and Riho. Riho with world's best boss socks on. I don't know what that's about. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very curious why she had those on. But uh, they cleared the ring. And yeah, I mean, that, that feud's moving fairly slowly. But uh, we, we have our kind of core members, I think to start moving closer and closer toward that blood and guts match that everybody wants. And I think, uh, I, I think Ruby has really been the, like the, the, the correct ingredient to this concoction to really push this story forward. I think her promo last week was awesome. I think that's, that was like the, the best and most movement I've kind of seen on them developing this story. I feel like they've had a really, I feel like it kind of got off to the wrong foot because the characters were in the wrong roles. Like Britt and Jamie were still like the heels, but they were getting, they were, they were more over than the faces that they were facing. So, yeah. you know, you have that whole kind of confusion where you have to kind of do a double switch in, in, in story. And, you know, that leaves a lot of gaps. So like Sheeta threw in the kendo stick and then we haven't seen Sheeta since, um, that was the dynamite here in LA. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think now it's good to see them kind of get a foot in this storyline where where it feels like I I have I see the direction I see where they're going, um, and that really is credit to Ruby. I think Soraya and Tony getting getting Ruby to kind of be the the vocal member of their faction is awesome. I think that I'm really I'm much more optimistic about where they're going with this than I have been in in weeks prior. Nice. Well, do you have to go or? Uh, I can stick around for a little bit. I could stick. Okay. I could stick around for a couple minutes. I think we we well, we got the main event next. Yeah, yeah main event, here. main event time. Event Trios time. titles on the line. We had the House of Black defending the titles against the Elite, featuring Winnipeg, Manitoba's own Kenny Omega. They got a really great reception, great entrance. By the way, I mentioned on Twitter today, but uh, for those of you who don't do the Twitter thing, um, I mentioned how great the lighting was on this show. And uh, that's really something that I notice on shows where AEW's attendance um, is strong enough to really light the whole crowd. And this one had a, a strong, this was a strongly attended show. Um, and like the last time we got to see the lighting look like this was the show in uh, Phoenix a few weeks ago. Phoenix also at the, um, what arena is that? Wherever the Suns play. But that one was really well lit as well. That arena's changed names like three times, I swear. I can't, I don't remember what it's yes. called either. Either way, it's the arena where the Suns play. Um, and, uh, you know, also the uh, the Climate Pledge in Seattle also looked really yep. good. And, you know, when they have those like well attended, like NHL, NBA arenas, um, 
the way that they can light those uh, can tend to look really, really good. And I thought the lighting here looked great. I want to see the fans. That's more than anything. I think that the fans are such a part of the show that if you can make them as visible as possible, that to me is a bonus. I know how um, AEW for a time last year was kind of taking a page out of the WWE book of putting the colored lighting on the fans. And that way you kind of create a distinction between what's in the ring and what's happening outside the ring. I'm not a big fan of that. I think that, uh, and maybe it's just me being a product of like watching nineties wrestling and being like, I can see the fans and they're going crazy. I like to be able to see the fans. I want to be able to see the fans. I think giving them a visual part of the show makes them feel like a part of it. And I think that that it makes wrestling feel more interactive. They're taking a cue kind of from like the uh, like the the Lakers and, and the Knicks in particular in the NBA, mm-hmm. they always play with that kind of that theater lighting where it's right. they they make it very dark on the crowds and then everything is just kind of focused on the court. And you can tell because it gives it that kind of golden look. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas like you don't quite get like kind of the fluorescent light bulb kind of look. And yeah, like when you look back at like any of those old '90s and early 2000s wrestling footage, it's all that. It is, yeah. it is all that. So I, and, and, you know, so I've never taken it as necessarily like a, an idea of like, Oh, we're hiding the crowd. Cause we're not sure of like cells or anything like that. I think just from arena to arena, it probably, probably differentiates, but I agree with you. I think this lighting mm-hmm. was like, it's yeah. superb for the, especially their brand. And, and, and just seeing like how crazy the fans were going for Jericho, how much they were going crazy for Kenny and how much they use that in this match, you know, the, going to that first commercial break spot where, um, uh, where they did a whole bunch of teases because you had Jericho in the ring and then uh, when he tagged himself in and then Malachi tags himself in. So we get a Jericho Malachi stare down for a little bit, but then Kenny tags Malachi and all of a sudden Kenny and Jericho are in the ring and they're circling each other and the crowd is going nuts, ready to see these guys tear down. And then they get jumped and they go to commercial break. And I was like, ah, professional wrestling. Ah, you guys are tricksters. We gotcha. Yep. Oh, you uh, want this? <laughs> and then they come back from break. This match actually went through a couple of breaks, but um, you know they they did some more teasing of things and it's too many people to not have like you have to have that match go on for a while. So it's got to have a couple commercial breaks. There's nine people, yeah, <laughs> in the match. And, Everyone who hates spot foo, go away. Like, yeah. just run and, away. And, and they <laughs> they teased their way all around this match, uh, to the point of where. You know, we finally, in that final segment, got to see some brawling between Jericho and Kenny. But the fans bit on it. They loved this. They went crazy here. And this match, I didn't realize, was really setting up more of a Jericho Appreciation Society and House of Black program that I wasn't expecting. Hmm. Um, That I figured everybody was just going to move on after this. But it seems like that's going to continue. And so the the way the match played out, of course, we saw uh, we saw some really cool spots. Sammy Guevara really got the show out here, and I think that was by design, given what he did in the earlier part of the show. And it's like, okay, let's use this match to let him remind people of who he was. He got to hit a couple of shooting star presses, one into the ring, one to the outside. Uh, and Brody King, of course, really always gets to look good in these matches. The finishing sequence, we saw a uh, a Meltzer driver attempted and Nick Jackson get caught with a code breaker. But uh, in the end, Jericho got knocked out of the ring without tagging. And I think he was supposed to, but I think he wasn't close enough to uh, Daniel Garcia. And they just said, fuck it. 
Daniel Garcia is the legal man now. <laughs> and sure. Daniel Garcia yeah, he goes, can go in. There's nine people. Go ahead. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. He just goes in and um, uh, he ends up taking the House of Black's finish. One, two, three. We have our champions retained. And Zucker Tuba says, um, is there, there a reason Tony doesn't run Omega versus Buddy on a rampage in the moment of a feud? AW moves so fast. Sad to not get certain matchups during feuds. Lot, yeah, uh, and a lot that of was, people have been bringing up Omega Buddy. Like that needs to happen. I and I asked right. about that in the scrum, and uh, because I felt like there's still so much more to get out of the Elite versus House of Black, and he, I noticed Tony seemed to be implying in the media scrum that that feud's kind of on pause for now, and he's like, we could probably visit it again later because you know they're tied pretty the, much forever the, to yeah. these the, the elite you chance. can always kind of pull out of pocket kind of mm-hmm. with whatever they're doing and just you know go like okay this is gonna people are gonna tune in and watch this so um that is a nice tool to have in the bag yeah then the chat's asking any thoughts on sarah stock as a producer that was news that came out yesterday that sarah stock was signed um pretty much from the moment she got cut i was uh thinking that sarah stock was probably going to make her way over to AEW. um i'm almost surprised it took this long uh but you know AEW making the trip to canada um that that brought her there uh for those who don't know sarah stock she was sarita in tna um and now she's uh she was a producer in wwe as well but now here she is in AEW. She was released, of course. I think she was part of the pandemic releases, if I remember correctly. Mm. So, um, took a couple years, but like I said, I always felt like she was going to make her way there. And she is. It took her three years, but she's in the company. One way or another. Uh, But yeah, the big thing that closed the show. We saw during the match, we see that Hangman is still brawling with the Blackpool Combat Club backstage. They're trying to get some order on that. And after the match is over, this brawl so Jake Hager makes his way down to the ring and he gets jumped by the Blackpool Combat Club. And that told me, or not Blackpool Combat Club, got jumped by House of Black. Sorry, I got my black groups mixed up that don't have any black people. But um, the, uh, so they got jumped, they jumped Jake Hager. And that told right. me, okay, Jake Hager is going to probably fill Sammy's role in this feud if Sammy's about to move on to right. the world title. Uh, so I think that's what that was all about. They start fighting outside the ring. Hangman and the Blackpool Combat Club make their way down. Hangman gets in the ring. Blackpool Combat Club kind of slowly climbs on the apron like they're about to to jump him. And then the Elite gets behind him. Crowd goes nuts. They are all about this. We get a stare down. Um, you even see a look on Moxley's face. You see a look on Kenny's face. There's so much here with this happening because, one, as, as we said, like, if you just do a trio style, if you just do like Hung Bucks versus the three members of the Blackpool Combat Club you have now, that's good. But also, what happens to Kenny? You can't remove Kenny from this equation. But then right. that's a four-on-three situation. But then you remember Blackpool Combat Club has Brian Danielson. And then you think about, holy crap, this is like an all-time great combination of people that could be one of the best matches AEW's ever done. Um, and there's plenty of ways they can do this. They can go Anarchy in the Arena with this. Um, they can go uh, Blood and Guts with this. They can go... There's so many singles options here. I thought about the fact that I tweeted earlier that I think it's almost inarguable that the number one feud that AEW's ever done um, is, to me, 
Kenny Omega, John Moxley. I think that when you think about the history of AEW, that's still the number one feud. That's still the biggest feud the company's ever had um, in terms of uh, presenting two top guys. I think it's they've only run two pay-per-view main events twice, and the two of them are Kenny and Hangman. Or not Kenny and Hangman, sorry. Kenny and Moxley uh, and Moxley and MJF are the mm. only two main events that they've run twice. Um but either way, I think, and just to see those two in the ring again, like I was thinking about how th- these two go back to the first AEW event, literally closed out with Moxley, Kenny Omega, yep, and Moxley standing tall over Kenny, and somehow we're going to make our way back to that scenario in some way except moxley's the heel now kenny's the baby face making our way back there the pillars are coming back you know it's it seems like they've gone back in their in their bag a little bit and gone well what what do we have here you know but this was the thing i've talked about i've wanted to see from AEW for a long time i have liked the shows in recent months but i felt like the thing i loved about AEW in the beginning that I felt like they've lost sight of was how the shows would end in a very gotta watch next week fashion in a very cliffhanger fashion. Like what's going on. I gotta see the, I gotta see what's next. And they used to be really, really good at that. And uh, I think it speaks to honestly, to me, because I think people kind of took them for granted. But because people would always call, say, oh, I hate elite melodrama. Oh, I hate the elite soap opera. But honestly, this is the thing that the elite excels at. They're so good at it. Yes, exactly. And uh, I I just, I'm into their stuff. I like their stories. And I do want to see what's next here. This felt very much like old AEW in terms of like those early days and the way that the shows would end in a way where I'm like, I got to watch Dynamite next week. What is going to happen on Dynamite? Aim um, for the Dragon Ball Z ending. Like, you want to yes. make sure you get to the end of the episode and you can go next time on Dragon Ball Z. Like, if you are getting that kind of ending, Absolutely. you're doing something right. Yeah. And, and the, like, those are the best endings. And They've been uh, missing that, 100%. Uh, yeah, they have been missing that. And that's one of those things that, like, uh, when you look at the other side, when you look at what WWE does, um that's the thing that has people hooked right now is the bloodline right where like the episodes end in a way where you got to see what's next with this story and that's not to say that you can't do match-based things because i do think you can't this entire last 20 minutes was match-based but then you came out of that match getting people wanting to see what's next and that's the stuff that i live for here that's what i want to see uh and this was great that's pro this wrestling. Was a, this it's was weekly a, television, baby. Like, just, just you know, we're going to come back next week. Give us a reason to come back, you know? Like, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't need to be... It's not a it's not a Western where it has to be all one-offs. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they may have they may have gotten into that that theme a little bit to be like, let's, you know, let's get the names on there. Let's get the names on paper and have some good matches on here. But people love the, the storylines being you know, going from week to week and they've done a great job with their main events for pay-per-views. But I think like, like we've said, it's, you know, that, that middle portion and the, the different areas that they can go, they can bring it to their other feuds as well. So this bodes well, hopefully this is a sign of kind of where they're going with their dynamites. Um, 
from here until uh, Double or Nothing. I guess that's the next pay-per-view, right? It's Double or Nothing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, double, double or Nothing is next. Um, and that's end of May. So we've got just like a month and a half. Um, that's actually going to sneak up on people. Uh, but so uh, all the talk was about how great of an episode this was. Unfortunately, narrative is going to change as far as uh, that's concerned on social media because the rating came in. And uh, this was the first time in a very, very long time that AEW television, specifically Dynamite, fell out of the top 10 on uh, in ratings. Hmm. We know why that is. You can literally just look at it and go, oh, well, here we have college basketball, college basketball, college basketball, college basketball, college basketball, college basketball, world baseball classic, the NBA. Um, and basically sports kicked the shit out of everything uh, this week. And Dynamite fell to number 11. It pulled in 852,000 with a .27 rating. Um, and so... We know that's going to to shift the narrative a bit around that episode. I think uh, it was a really, really strong episode. But um, ultimately, college basketball kicked the crap out of it. And uh, which, of course, March Madness. Why wouldn't it? And yeah, don't think it's reflective of the content for sure. Um, we are just at that time of year and this is why they stick all those college basketball games on true TV. You know, yes. they gotta, they gotta let them know, Hey, practical, impractical jokers is on over here, by the way, guys, you, yeah. gotta, you gotta come check it out. True TV took up three of the top 10 spots. ESPN took up three of the top 10 spots. Uh, and then didn't know the NIT was that hot, but apparently, <laughs> and then Bravo, take up two of those spots because Vanderpump rules. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, and I'm seeing a bunch of people bring up Vanderpump in the chat. Yeah, so now and, it makes sense. And uh, so that uh, Bravo took up two of the top spots and Fox sports took up a top spot. And then AEW at TV or so. Yeah. TBS. I mean, look, TBS uh, true and TNT are all by the same company. So they're looking at this like, yeah, we're winning. Great night but, for us. Exactly. But yeah, AEW for the first time in a while falls to number 11. And uh, I guess if you're on Twitter, have fun with that. Take that for what you will. Oh, man, here here they come. I can hear them now. WWE, here they come. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I mean, anything along those lines. Uh, But either way, Cole, make your plugs because thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you for having me, Mr. Will Washington, a.k.a. Cal California as we all know from the great Grab City podcast. Um, yes, at Coltrane on Twitter. Uh, occasionally when when I'm watching the shows live, I do tweet, um, laugh at them, tell me I'm an idiot, tell me whatever you want. But I will definitely take the chance to plug uh, my guys over at the Corner Podcast, Andreas Hell, Kel Dansby. Those are my guys. I occasionally jump on them with the wrestling episodes, so we have a great time previewing uh, all the all the pay-per-view events and all of your weekly wrestling television needs, but they also talk MMA and they also talk boxing. So anything you want, combat sports, uh, the corner podcast is the place for you to be. Um, and actually to maybe keep an eye out next week, there could be some very, very interesting, uh, wrestling episodes coming up with, uh, a, uh, certain, uh, wrestling uh, company in Vegas before they come out to California. So, um, we shall see what kind of content those boys cook up. So, um, and they're over there at that that old studio I used to run. So, 
um, where uh, you may have seen some pictures of uh, of Will in said studio with the big old Grapsity logo behind him. So that's right. Um, I did a whole episode where, there. We did a whole episode there, which is where we got to meet. So and and yes. now he's and now he's made the mistake of bringing me on here twice. So uh, <laughs> for all those, you know, I'm, I apologize, but uh, hardly no, a mistake. No, seriously, thank seriously, you for doing this. Thank you, thank you for having me. I always enjoy uh, hanging out with you and talking dynamite. And don't forget, folks, to stay with us in 15 minutes. Ask Grapsity. We'll begin. And we will be answering Phil. (laughs) You get paywall Phil. You may even get some paywall Will there. Who knows? But we'll be answering your questions and talking all the stuff. Uh, But until then, folks, we'll see you next time. For Cole Henderson, I'm Will Washington. Have a great day. Peace. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.